welcome to the podcast of power, a She-Ra and the Princesses of Power companion podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nero. And I'm the other host, Jane. And we continue our journey through the final season of She-Ra with uh, Season 5, Episode 6, Taking Control, which is a title that has multiple meanings uh, for the events of this episode. Yes, it does. Quite a quite a few, in fact. It's... Uh... This episode's got content in it. Yeah, unlike episode four, this is in no way... I guess it's technically a cooldown, but it's not really. A lot of heavy stuff is in this episode. Um, there's some fun bit. There's a lot more fun bits than there are in Save the Cat, I can tell you that. But um, it is definitely a sort of continuation of some of that heightened drama, even if it is on a, a little bit of a lower frequency. Yeah, that's that's true. There's definitely some some more additional funny content, but uh, but yeah, the 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 heavy vibes are, are still here. But, uh, but once again, we're kind of gonna 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 split this up. So we we do the we do the funny the funny bits first, and then we'll we'll talk about the more deeper topics in a little bit. So the B plot of this episode is set on Etheria. Um, uh, while our our crew is is uh, fleeing from the Velvet Glove, Catra safe and sound. Um, well, we'll get there. <laughs> Etheria, uh, they are still trying to uh, to keep this try to try to resist this uh, Horde Prime invasion. Uh, when we cut down there, we see. Swiftwind and, and Micah talking about Shira being back, and then we also see the Cloudwives playing a game of ice ball with Frosta. Yes, it seems to be some sort of volleyball variant, except Frozone powers are allowed. Um, so that's fun. Yeah. And also the ball is made entirely out of solid ice. Don't get hit. Yeah, it definitely seems like it would be a big hazard, so I'm not really sure. I mean, the, the, you, you don't want you definitely don't want to go for the face. That's obvious. Yeah, still probably less concussion prone than lacrosse. Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> that's just a concussion machine. <laughs> so we uh, the the, the Cloudways are kind of playing ice ball, and and uh, is it, I think it's I think it's Natasha who's getting a little bit frustrated by Frosta's uh, lax uh, sort of view of rules. Yeah, she. Frosta is what one might call rules agnostic, you know. She she's she's open to the idea of rules existing, but she hasn't really seen proof yet. No. Um and so she uh Spinnerella's like, oh, "Come on, she needs to unwind. It's it's been a, we've been dealing with a lot of stuff lately." Yeah. There's there's a really cute bit where um Frosta's like doing like a slam dunk over the volleyball net which is she's not really how volleyball works but she like ends up flying in the air a bit and um spinnerella has like makes a tiny air cushion for her to land on it's it's pretty cute listen frost has just been watching a lot of haiku and wanted to do the moves along with her favorite boys gotta do the favorite moves um yeah and the uh and and our our favorite wives here actually they share like a really cute little little kiss scene it's 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 very it's very sweet it is you know it, it is an on-screen kiss between two lesbian characters but it's also the definitely the kind of kiss that two people who have been married for a very very long time would have yeah it's just like a small intimate kiss and it's not like it's it's just like it's it's like a little just affectionate thing it's very it's very cute and it feels very like yeah like 
they they are a bit of an old married couple. It's 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 lovely. So, uh, but unfortunately, we cannot keep the funding games going forever. Micah has some uh, ill news. Apparently, the horde has been spotted around Elberon, but uh, Swiftwind. Oh no! Actually, we missed something before that. We have C plot, sort of. Yes. Okay. So, so this one, this one's so so much. So, um, Micah is like he's he's been feeling a little insecure lately because he's really worried. He hasn't seen his daughter in a very long time, not since she was a little little kid, and. Uh, he's, he's worried if he, if he's cool, if, if, like, if she'll think he's cool. So he's kind of practicing, um, his, his dadness on, on Frosta here. (laughs) He's like, he's like wanting to play, play the sports ball with her. And it's like, hey, ready kiddo, I'll serve you the ball. Come on, sport. And she's just like, hey. I like run a kingdom. Um, can you not condescend to me, please? And he just starts crying. He cannot handle being rejected by the kids. He's so afraid of like his daughter rejecting him. Uh, and Spinner, I was like, listen, don't worry about it. She's been having a hard time. And he immediately is like, oh god, <laughs> dude, the kids just not like me. Is Glimmer gonna hate me? And Atos is like, okay, you gotta stop (laughs) it's just like am i uncool (laughs) please give it to me straight am i uncool and and they're just like listen calm down it's fine uh but then but then of course swiftwind shows up and has like the faces in this episode are on like a completely different level frankly most most of them are very good uh there's some incredible entrapped animation swiftwind makes a kind of I don't know. Timmy Turner face? It's bad. I don't like to look at it. He's way... It's, it is, at the same time, not horse enough and too horse-like. I don't know why that is, but... They gave they gave him not only, like, human teeth for this shot, but, like, human buck teeth for some reason? I mean... It's so strange. It is definitely not as cursed as the front-facing swift wind from the recent anniversary art that Noelle posted. Oh my god, yeah. The front-facing swift wind. The front-facing swift wind who looks like like he's got some hoodie from the owl house going on a little bit. His neck just sort of stretching into the beyond. Yeah. So, uh, Micah is like, alright, I'm gonna put all that behind me. Elberon is in trouble. Apparently the Horde has been sighted near there, and Swiftwind is so hype. They throw the best parties. Of course, Elberon, uh, was, was seen way back in, uh, Flood Arena in Season 4. Yeah, they're the funny moth people, and, and Swiftwind is like, is, <laughs> Swiftwind's like, yes, we get to go to Elberon. They, they throw the best parties. They have great food. It's amazing. This is gonna be so fun. And then everyone's kind of just staring at him, he's like, Oh yeah, it's a bad thing they're getting attacked. Boo for them. But it's great that we'll be you have a sick party thrown for us. Um and so they're on the way over there. Micah yet again attempts to bond with Frosta by saying, "Hey man, I'll I'll uh, give you a ride on my shoulder." Yeah, cuz cuz she's like 
small, so she's having trouble, like, keeping a pace with everyone as they sort of stride through the forest here. And he and he notices, he's like, yeah, you, you'd ride on my shoulders. Glimmer used to do it all the time. And she's just like, that's, that's for little kids. I'm a big kid. I don't need to ride on your shoulders. Yeah, and this this rejection is the one that brings tears to his eyes. He's just, <laughs> he just so devastated. Sad. It's like she <laughs> stabbed him through the heart. He's like in tears. He just wants to be a good dad. That's all he wants. He just wants to be the cool dad. He wants the kids to think he's cool. Desperately. Also, he's so small. This dude is like five foot nothing. <laughs> he's like literally Frosta comes up to like his shoulder and she's like 11. She's a baby. And he is like just head and shoulders above her, which is not very tall um and of course we saw a little bit of that with angela but it's like oh well she's like got the heel the like kind of the built-in heels a little bit uh and she's like an angel person but no i think micah just might be very short definitionally the short king but uh swift wind bursts into town is like all right time to get us a victory party and it's uh completely abandoned and deserted yeah he's like he's like singing a song about getting all those ice cream cones after he defeats those drones but all those drones no drones to be seen it seems uh and then the the mayor and the big buff moth lady from season four walk out and they're acting really normal and regular um and they're like, well, it was a, it was just a false alarm. We're so sorry we made you come all this way. Why don't you stay for supper? And everyone's like, yeah, okay. And Micah <laughs> turns to Frost and is like, oh boy, this is great. And we could we could get some cake. Kids love cake, right? And she's like, cake. Cake? That's cringe. It's just like, cake is cringe. And he's just like, he's just like, oh god, I'm so out of touch. He is falling apart at the seams. So they go into this, into the party hall, and Swiftman's expecting, all right, well, listen, it's a little bit weird that there, there there was no attack and they're all acting a little weird but hey they they're still, they know how to throw a party I, I bet still and they go in there and everyone is acting really weird and no one like just closed-lipped smiles tossing a like rolling a ball slowly back and forth doing weird stilted dances and there's creepy music playing yeah they they've prepared food but it's just some sort of mush and they're it's just like sort of slop. they're just sort of tossing it around like it's a salad absent mind like not looking at it even and there's my my favorite is this little kid who has like a little doll and She's just sort of shaking it up and down slightly to the left and then moving it over to the right and then doing that it's again a maraca. forever. <laughs> like it's like it's some kind of shaker instrument. This is what playing looks like. Yeah. I am playing. I am normal child. It's um and and so Mike is like, Hey uh, scoots over to Frosty, you know it'll really get the party going, a nice rousing game of ice ball. And she doesn't even say anything, she just gets up and leaves. <laughs> god yeah micah micah's really really swinging and missing on this one he's he's aiming oh, wow aiming for the stands uh we have the episode on in the background as always and there was just a an image of micah that's so sad oh my god the saddest man alive he's like 
hunched over. It's it's kind of incredible how sad he is. He, this is a man who's lost everything, and he's just like, my daughter's gonna hate me. <laughs> he is convinced Glimmer's gonna show up and be like, Dad, you're cringe. I never want to speak to you again. If if Glimmer called him cringe, he would, like, melt. He would evaporate. <laughs> he would like... just, he would get Thanos snapped. He yeah. would start evaporating. He would just instantly get turned into dust. Um, <laughs> but... You know, so they're getting ready to leave. It's like, this party is pretty whack. Um, the vibes are completely rancid. We should go. And at that point, the mayor locks them in. Yeah, and she's like, hey, wh- it's getting dark outside. You wouldn't want to stay in the dark. And then you're like, oh, wait. And <laughs> Uh-oh. why don't you stay in the light of Horde Prime? And it turns out every single person in this room has been chipped. Yep. And this is where, this is honestly fairly creepy bits of the episode where they're just trying to fight off this horde of of mind-controlled Ethereans. There's a point where um, they, like, bubble themselves up in an ice shield and you just see handprints covering it as they're just trying to bash it down. Yeah, it's kind of insane, actually. There's, like, uh, there's also, like, sort of the resolution to the dad arc a little bit because, like... Frosta uh, puts on the ice fists, the 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 sockum boppers here, and is uh, about to go to town. Well, she also like headbutts a guy, um, just <laughs> right true. in the nose. She really, really clocks this guy. Um, but uh, then Micah stops her and is like, "No, it's too dangerous," or whatever. And she's like, "Listen, you don't need. I don't need you to protect me. I can handle myself. I'm. I'm. Listen, I'm twelve years old and also a queen. I can do anything I want." And Mike is like, no, 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 I'm not protecting you. I'm protecting them. <laughs> These are innocent civilians and you're about to hit them in the face with like 30 pounds of ice. Yeah, these aren't, like, horde combatants or robots. These are mind-controlled, innocent Ethereans. You need to put... You, you, you're very strong and you need to put that strength into defending the team. And, like, it's this resolution of, like... Listen, all kids want... Is to be treated as peers, is to not be talked down to, which is what Mikey was kind of doing this whole time. Trying, like, definitely treating her, like, one, much younger than she actually is. And two, like, approaching her from a very, from, like, a very different level. But this is just, like, talking to her like she's just another, you know, member of the Alliance. Yeah, and it's like, um, and it it, it works, it, it works really well. I, I, I really enjoy the fact that they, like resolve it in 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 a way where it's like you know micah recognizes yeah you know she she she's just she wants to be treated like a peer like a like a member of the team and it it ends up it ends up being like pretty nice honestly so they uh manage to well they escape because the horse turns into a flashbang we'll get to that in a minute um (laughs) don't worry about it but the horse turns into a flashbang and they all escape but earlier in the party um, Natasha and Spinarella got separated, and Natasha sees her wife kind of, like, coming out from some kind of alcove and looking confused and out of it. Yeah. And she's, like, rubbing her neck a lot, and she seems to be having some neck pain. She's, like, stretching her neck, and just, like, something weird happened, but I can't remember what. Um, and as they are walking back from their ill-fated, uh, party, um... 
we find out that Spinnerella has been chipped uh, during that. So, you know. Yeah. Normal stuff. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Listen, they're, they're in the magic part of the woods. There's no way Horde Prime could find them, even with the tracking signal, right? Of course not. Speaking of that, let's get to the A plot, because that's where all the juicy stuff is. We're back on Darla. Uh, she's a bit banged up. Um, considering she did just ram through, like, two miles of spaceship, uh, to escape the Velvet Glove. Yeah, yeah, I mean, frankly, she's ha- she's holding up a lot better than you would think, uh, based on, based on that sort of damage, but, uh, but yeah, she, uh, she's, she's a little worse for wear. She's only operating at 30% capacity, um, and Trapta and Wrong Hordak are kind of trying to do repairs, um, he's sort of become like a little bit of an assistant at this point, which is pretty funny. He's just like around, uh, and Glimmer's like, why is he here? Um, but I was like, well, we kind of like turned his brains into jelly. We can't just abandon him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little weird, but you know, he's just gonna have to get used to it. Listen, he's, he's, he's at least having a fun time. He's having a great time. He's being very helpful. There's nothing wrong with it, Glimmer. Yeah, it's, it's fine. In fact, we see him being very helpful later on. But uh, at this point, Adora comes out and uh, is like, Catra, she's fine. Uh, she's just sleeping uh, again. You know, just like the last time I checked on her. Yeah. Should I check on her again? I don't know. Maybe I should check yeah. on her again. Uh, I, I could check on her again. And Bo and Glimmer just are looking at her like... Adora? Adora, you're hovering. Yeah, she's being a real worrywart. Um, but everyone, kind of, the conversation kind of shifts. Everyone's really excited about She-Ra being back. Um, I, just, I just felt, it just happened. I just felt it. Yeah, specifically her wording on it is really mm, on the nose. Her, her very specific wording is like, I don't know, she just, I suddenly felt her again. She just came out. Uh-huh. Like she never left. Just she's been in there all along, just <laughs> waiting to come out. God damn it. <laughs> it's like it's very on the nose. I what could it mean? Could be anything. Fellas. <laughs> Uh, but uh yeah you know it can mean anything so um there's a very cute moment where glimmer like hugs bow one during some turbulence and he's like i i gotta steer please <laughs> he's he's trying to use like like the tablet computer also there's again the faces in this episode yeah. are so next level there's some excellent faces Bo has a very good like skeptical face because glimmer says you know what i'm gonna celebrate i'm gonna cook us all dinner and he's like i have never seen you cook can you even do it <laughs> and she just is she's just like um Hordak, wrong Hordak will help me i'm sure he's cooked things before yeah um so she just sort of drags him off uh, while leaving Bo to sort of set a course, and while the door is still open, the door is like, you know, what? I gotta go check out on Catrigan. Bye. And Bo's just sort of like, oh god, just focus, just focus on the piloting, Bo. Just don't think about it. As if it, it was enough to deal with just Entrapta and Adora. Now there's like three more people on the ship who are all doing stuff. Bo is surrounded by disasters at all times. The <laughs> How does he do it? 
incredible emotional fortitude and and uh works well under pressure truly the strongest character in the show frankly i mean let's let's be real so after the opening we cut to catch her having trauma dreams yeah she's having a time she's really having a time of it she's like uh she's having uh flashbacks and um is not having an especially easy time uh, getting rest, but... We see some snippets of her being, like, dunked into the, the dew. Uh, it's pretty horrifying. Yeah, it doesn't... Um, it's not especially great. It's not fun. She's she's having a really bad time. But, uh, you know, Dora comes in and is like, Hey, you're awake. Uh, how, how are you doing? And... Catra just kind of flops over on the other side of the bed, noting, by the way, that Adora, like, sits down on the bed next to her, and, like, she, like, reaches out to, like, touch Catra while she, while she's, like, kind of being grumpy, and then, like, kind of doesn't want to push it. So she, she sort of stays her hand. Yep. And Catra's just, like, she... <sighs> She's being Catra. She is, like, closing off and, and it's like, oh, I'm having horrible visions of an annoying blonde girl who keeps trying to fix everything. Oh, wait, it's you. And it's like... Yeah. She's just being Come very on. obstinate and she's just... She's just reflexively in her push-everyone-away mode. She... She, like... She's got an enormous, like, amount of guilt over over things like a lot of deserved guilt frankly um but the way she's kind of dealing with that is she's trying to make everyone not want to be around her as like sort of a self-punishment she's just like listen i don't need your help i don't need anybody just drop me off at the nearest planet and i'll make my own way it's fine it's fine she's obviously like terrified that she's gonna get out there and they're all just gonna like yell at her or give her dirty looks or whatever um and adora is very frustrated by all this behavior and just just flips the mattress that she's <laughs> laying on yeah she just gets ejected off the bed and adora is just like hey okay listen what is your damage we saved your life. Everyone here risked their lives like 10 times over to get you. And you're acting like this. Yeah. And, and she's just like, you know, you, you, I told you not to come save me. I told you, you like, this was, this was pointless. I didn't need anything. It's whatever. But you, you just love being a hero. Don't you? You just, you just love saving people. You think you're better than everyone, huh? You think you're better than me? Yeah, but uh, she's the very important line is she, she says, you know, well, I don't even know why you came back. You all hate me. And Adora answers that with, I never hated you. And that just sort of snaps something in Catcher, seemingly. Yeah, she... <sighs> like, that's not an answer, she a thing she ever expected to hear or, like, believed. It's It's not an answer that even in, like, the deepest parts of her that she would let herself hope, I think. And the fact that it's true is, like, it's one of those things for her, I think, where she deeply wants it to be true, but she also very much, like, doesn't want it to be because, again, she feels a really intense amount of guilt here. And I think that, like, for her... The idea that Adora doesn't hate her is like 
it feels really bad. Like, she feels like she's being let off the hook. So her immediate response is, Ugh, you're, you're even dumber than I thought. You're, you should hate me. Uh, Dora says, I'm such an idiot. Mmm, arc words. I do love those. That's delicious. Gotta love those arc words. And she's just like, you know, I, I thought this would be different this time, but no, you're just, you're the same obstinate fucker you have always been. Whatever. I'm going to the other room. And so she leaves and, and Katra, like, kind of looks over her shoulder and is just, just deeply sad. Yeah. She's, importantly, one of the big points of contention is that Zora's like, all right, we're going to get the chip off you. I'll get Entrapta. Um, and uh, Katra is, just does not want to see Entrapta, especially makes sense considering their last interaction was uh her tasing and trapped into unconsciousness yeah yeah and then sending her off to be silent to die it's which you know was torture she was tortured with guilt over that for a whole season she was having dreams about that too if you remember yeah yeah the girls got the girls got flashbacks um it's cooking time, though. It's just fun kitchen time with Adora, Glimmer, and Rung Hordak. Uh, Glimmer, there's another really good bit of, like, character animation here. Where it's, I, I don't even, it's not even anything, like, bombastic or spectacular. It's just, like, it's just Glimmer digging through supplies. But I just really like it for some reason. No, yeah, it's nice. It's, the animation's very smooth. It's very, like, it's, it's just good. It's, like, it's good, um, like, uh, mechanical movement it's just very lifelike she's like you know kind of climbing over stuff to get at things um and adora is just kind of venting to glimmer and just like kicking over tails like you know i kind of thought things would be different but she's still you know just still being a huge pain in the ass and glimmer's like okay well this is this is Catra we're talking about remember do you think she would just like be a completely different person yeah she's like you did you really, did you think she was just gonna change overnight? And Adora's like, well, no, but you know, thought she'd at least make an attempt. And it's like, I mean, in listen, in Catra's defense, I feel like she is making an attempt right now, and the attempt is like not to go batch and start attacking people. Yeah, the attempt is uh, self punishment through uh, isolation. So, you know, it's not an attempt to heal any wounds, but it's an attempt to do something. Yeah, it's it, it's not good, but she is she's trying something, uh, something different, at least. So, you know, half of a point, qu- quarter of a point. Wrong Hordak is here to help Glimmer cook. Um, they find some of Mara's old space food. And I was like, well, space food probably is fine um it's only been a thousand years i'm sure it's fine i mean listen it's denatured nutrient paste i'm sure it's fine dehydrated protein slaw god the the use of slaw is so nasty it's so bad oh and and wrong they find uh they find an apron for wrong hordak to wear which uh almost certainly says kiss the cook in uh in uh eternian i'm pretty sure someone on the crew has said like yeah that that says like kiss the cook pretty much um it has to but while they're doing that, uh, they, they run into, you know, a little bit of uh, turbulence. Um, they, they're at the brink of an asteroid field, and they're also being chased by some horde fighters. So that's not good. Yes, they, they run into a little bit of an issue. Um, 
they they end up needing to sort of do an asteroid field run here because they don't really have anywhere to go. Their ship exa- isn't exactly in fighting condition right now. Um, and even at the best of times, I'm not sure that the that Darla would actually be like a tit-for-tat match for three like little Corvettes here. So I don't think she even has weaponry. I don't think there are even guns on Darla. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, this is, like, Darla is, like, a shuttlecraft, like, a transport vehicle. Like, not a civilian vehicle, I don't think, but, like, she's, like, a troop transport, like, a goods transport. She's not really built for fighting. She's, like, the, she's, like, a pelican, basically. Yeah, like, she is, or she's, like, kind of a science ship. I think Mara was, you know, kind of an expeditionary, not meant for, you know, combat. Uh, But they kind of have to deal with these fighters, so... Dora's like, well, the best plan we have is to go into the, the asteroid field and hide there. And Entrapta's a huge fan of that plan. Entrapta's quite a lot in this scene, actually. We, we get the sort of cavalcade of Entrapta here. Just basically every single frame in this scene could be a Twitter icon. Every single one is like a, just a fantastic, incredible uh incredible face it's it's amazing really yeah this entire sequence of entrapta is just like great poses great faces great line reads it's just like incredible it's such a good sort of showcase of her character it's amazing. there's a bit towards like it starts off with her crawling to the control console on her back with her hair and like a bug configuration she's like a centipede and her eyes are just hearts she's like yes Yes, we get to fly through an asteroid field. Yes, she's the most excited she has been in, well, I guess, however long it's been since the last space thing she's gotten to do. So, you know, they they decide, well, let's try to do an Empire Strikes Back. Let's hide in the asteroid field. Unfortunately, these ships have extremely advanced sensor arrays, and so they just kind of find them. Yeah, they're just sort of drifting through all these asteroids. Like, like Bo is also Bo gets placed in the anxiety sphere um, because the ship does not want to fly through that asteroid field so she's like all right you want to fly through it buddy here's the manual controls so he gets like ar orb controls with like speed gauntlets it looks pretty sick but he's definitely in the anxiety orb as he has to manually fly through this asteroid field um and it's quick I, I want a quick detour while I was talking about Empire Strikes Back. Mm. There's a bit in that movie that I can never stop thinking about where they, the Han Solo hides from the Empire by parking the Millennium Falcon on the like the backside of a Star Destroyer to blend in. Oh my god. It's hilarious. Um, I mean, listen, those things are so greebled, you, you wouldn't even be able to tell. Exactly, just shut down all the engines and stuff and just kind of park there and no one will notice. But uh, Adora realizes, you know, there's no way they should be able to track us. They, they cannot track this ship over long distances. There must be something else. And she makes the immediate connection that it, uh, they are tracking Catra's ship and she gets kind of, kind of pissed off. Yeah, Adora is just sort of like, just, ugh. Just yet another way in which Catra is ruining our lives, and it's like not her fault. It's like Adora, I I get your I get you're frustrated, 
I don't think this yeah. one's her fault. Luckily, this is a little bit out of her control. Luckily, that one doesn't last a long time because you know she gets so she she pulls Entrapta along. Is like, right, you come with me? We're gonna go get that chip off of her. So they they head on over to Catra's room, and Catra immediately like. She has been, uh, like, seeing visions of, of Horde Prime's, like, army maneuvering. We see, like, a bunch of um, cl- uh, Horde bots marching around. We see ships moving on Etheria. And we also see some kind of abandoned Horde fighter in, like, a weird fungus cave. I don't know. That doesn't seem important. Yeah, that could be anything. Um, and uh, to note in this scene also is there's just, like, this really good... Uh, character animation um that is is on katra here where she's like she's very very cat-like here in a way that's like really really good to me she like uh like her hair and her tail like all spike up like a lot when she's when she's feeling like threatened um when when entrapta like shows up in the room and she sort of backs herself into a corner and like gets very small and uh Cause, cause she's very afraid of Entrapta right now. Um, because like she literally is like, not what you can't let her touch me. She'll kill me. Because as far as Katra is concerned, she thinks that Entrapta wants revenge for the whole like, oh, I sent you to be silent to die thing. Um, but you know, Entrapta isn't really like that. She's not. She's not really revenge motivated. But you know, Catra's the kind of person. She's catastrophizing. She's catastrophizing, but also she's seeing like seeing herself in the other a little bit here. Yeah. She's sort of assuming that other people are gonna have the same reaction to this that she would have. Because I could totally see Catra trying to kill someone for trying to send her to Beast Island like that and like betraying her. But, you know, Entrapta's just not that kind of girl. Yeah, she doesn't really hold on to grudges very, you know, she doesn't really have the, there's too much science in that brain to hold on to grudges. We don't have time for any of that petty nonsense. That's true. But there is a very funny bit. So, you know, Catra is kind of freaking out of doors like, listen, we need to get the chip off. They're tracking it. And Entrapta's like, why do I want to hurt you? Oh, right, because of the whole, like, you know, uh tasing me and using my life's work to nearly destroy a reality so she could do a bit better about not being in tuning she's like all right hold still and then just deploys all of the like scary surgical tools and her hair tendrils with the bug mask <laughs> with the bug mask of course yeah it's entrapta is not doing an especially good job at uh having like excellent bedside manner here as as the sort of pseudo surgeon but it's it's fine she's listen she's like a mechanic she doesn't know yeah exactly she's like i would not expect entrapta to have a very good bedside manner no but uh there's also another very good bit of just sort of character detail where entrapta just kind of puts the knocked over futon back together with her hair it's it's very funny looking yeah she just kind of like notices that it's knocked over just like oh let me just whoop um but so adora kind of like corners catras all right listen this is what's gonna happen we're gonna get the chip off of you so we can deal with the horde ships and then like you can do whatever you want if you want us to drop you off we'll do that um you'll never have to see any of us ever again uh, and she kind of pauses for a minute and just, like, it takes like a big breath like you'll never have to see me again yeah and she she looks she looks away and she starts to to, to walk out of the room and then catra just like 
grabs her arm immediately and just sort of looks up uh, at her. And uh, after a moment, she's like, you know, please. And she she moves her hands uh, down from like her her forearm down to uh, down to Adora's hand and just sort of holds it and just and just asks her to stay. What did, what did she say? What does she ask? What does she ask? She says, please just, just stay. stay now. Those are words that we've heard a lot. It's been uh, a bit. It's been a little hey, bit. Hey, you, you mentioned arc words. Mm, yeah, so you might remember that like all the way back in season one, that was often a refrain. It's like, why can't you just stay? And Adora was always, why don't you just come with me? It is these kind of two opposing push and pulls that could never meet in the middle. And, you know, I'm sure it means nothing at all. And has no like thematic resonance with either character. <laughs> it's just it's just words. Words don't mean anything. Yeah, there's no themes. One time, my eighth grade teacher asked me to tell her what a symbol was, and I spat in her face. <laughs> How dare you? Um. Anyway, they sit Catra down to start taking the chip off. Um. But she's still getting flashes, and she's seeing what's happening down in Etheria with the like the party going wrong and people getting chipped right yeah and and she's and she sort of stops the 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 process here for a second and is like wait wait wait, wait. don't 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 take it out just yet and adora is about to start being like oh come on we we need to do this uh, but she's like no listen when 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 they attached this this nonsense to me i got linked into the hive mind so like all these visions they're they're literally like his thoughts i'm i'm seeing what he sees so maybe I can use that to our advantage. Maybe I can help. And and like, I oh mean, the, the she is like trembling while she's talking about this. Yeah, it's the, her tone of voice. It is like it's, it's a it's a really rough scene. It's like like there's there's a lot of like really potent like like PTSD imagery that they use they use with her that is like she she's not having a good time right now and this is where adora sort of realizes just how badly things have affected katra which is like you know before this she has been frustrated by katra's lack of change but i think now she's really seeing through that kind of usual prickly exterior and realizing oh no oh she's hurt very badly yeah i mean this is this is the thing right is catra's sort of entire mo here is she's a she's a deeply deeply scarred person who's been through a lot of things and the way that she's sort of dealt with that is by putting as many spikes on as physically possible and stabbing everyone with them if they try and get close Sort of the sea urchin technique. Hey, you know what, what book those that imagery appears in? Ah, uh, could be anything. Might be about like a fire, Never going a out. fire that maybe like is hard to put out or something like that. Some kind of some kind of illustrated memoir. But um, you know, it's it's like the yeah, she has sort of hardened herself against all of this, and this experience with Horde Prime has just sort of torn all of that open. And she's just kind of raw now and doesn't want to be vulnerable again. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, normally it's very, 
like like this this is all very internal for her or at least it's not external until everyone's out of the room but the good god i just again we have the episode on the background you got distracted i got uh, we're gonna talk about the Shira transformation scene in a second, but Christ alive, the arms. <laughs> um, so focus. Okay, so anyway, Katra is like she's. What was I even saying? You... <laughs> I cannot believe you. What was I? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Incredible. Listen, okay? <laughs> I, I can't believe this. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> God. All right. We were all right. So we Catra like being sort of raw and emotionally vulnerable. Stop thinking about the arms. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. So 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 yeah, Catra like she um like this is this is all internal for her most of the time, right? Like she she keeps this very close to the chest unless like uh nobody's around, but she just isn't in a position where she can do that anymore. She's like put herself in such a vulnerable position that is like completely different from how she's she's been doing. She's actively decided to help people. She's actively decided to go back on all of the things she's done she's actively decided to at least in her own way like try and repent for things and that's really not congruent with her typical sort of porcupine behavior here so she's way more vulnerable than she is comfortable with and yeah it's like it's it's really it's really raw but but adora like yeah, she 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 sees this and she she understands, you know, there's there's more going on here than just what it appears on the surface. And you get these these bits where Adora sort of puts her hands on Katra's sort of white-knuckled balled-up fists while she's shaking and and Katra kind of relaxes a little bit and I don't know, it's like it's a very like tender scene you know it's just like you know katra is genuinely really calmed a lot by just adora being there and uh and she's able to sort of get through this and see what's going on and it turns out that elbron is a little bit yeah horde prime is chipping all of etheria like elbron just seems to be the start maybe there's even more and and the the hor- the fresh horror of this is sort of snaps her out of an Adora is furious. Um, the the then some you know the, the 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 ships are still attacking and the they're they encounter turbulence. Uh, they they sort of like clutch each other and just sort of hold on to each other for dear life as the ship spirals through this asteroid field. Yeah, Bo Bo has been losing visuals. The ship is like Darla like actively announces, "Hey, if we get hit one more time, we're going to explode." And and like Glimmer's trying to like be be Bo's eyes so they can they can all navigate through this field and you know, Adora's just like, "No, not enough's enough." Uh, well actually, but first, yeah, we remember you're forgetting an important bit. So after uh, after Katra, or after all of that calms down um, a bit, Katra just kind of looks at Adora and says, I, I just want to go home in this sort of 
trembling voice, like she's on the verge of tears. And Adora's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna get you home. Yeah, she's like, no, absolutely, absolutely not. We're not. We, we we are getting you home. Nobody else is getting hurt anymore. I'm not letting him take control of anybody. And and uh, making making this promise to Katra, it's it seems like you know the Shira inside that's just waiting to come out. She's able to she's able to let her come out again. I I don't know why it's. It's really strange and it's subtle but it's there <laughs> and and then we get the shira transformation sequence which um if the if the line for coming out wasn't like wasn't too unsubtle enough for you we get this extremely like sailor moon act, like like really classic magical girl transformation it's like all oh yeah it's rainbows everywhere her her whole chest piece is like a like a radiating heart and <sighs> so yeah i want to talk a little bit about this transformation scenes because like obviously you know we, we are very familiar with the with season one through four transformation sequence by now and what I really like, that one is also pretty magical, but it's also very physical. She is, like, slamming her fists together to summon the gauntlet. She's, like, tossing the sword in the air and all this stuff. Um, this is, like, effortless. It is, you know, it's, it is it is very Sailor Moon. She just sort of appears as a silhouette bathed in light and then summons all of these, uh, all of these pieces of armor. And the thing about all of the pieces of armor is that they all represent a piece of her friends that she is sort of bringing along with her as strength. The, the chest piece is Bo's heart. Her boots have Glimmer's wings. Her arm guards are like Adora's uh, gauntlets, like the one she wore the sword as. And she has a, a headband now, um, a new headband rather, that uh, looks extremely like Catra's mask. Yes, it does, and it's very, very heavily emphasized. Um, it gets its own like little sort of glowy thing that that appears over it, and also worth pointing out um, a major difference in uh, this transformation sequence compared to the first one is the the original sequence. All of the the armor, all of like the various parts of Shira are kind of flying onto her, being attached to her, like appearing onto her body. Um, but in this, they're they're really more like they feel like they're coming from her, like from within. Like she she starts bathed in this in this light, and then everything sort of grows out of that light. You know, uh, the chest piece, of course, I think is like the most obvious of that where it just sort of like is this sort of concentrically emanating heart symbol that becomes the the body armor portion it's like again it's subtle <laughs> but it's there and uh, the the important bit you know obviously this is the scene you really wanted to talk about clearly so um <laughs> First of all, we see Catra blushing as she witnesses this transformation. Just mouth agape. Yeah, just like really. catching flies. Um, completely unprepared for this. And then we get the zoom in on the heart, and we get to see ju ju 
season five she-ra is is built like a freight train yeah so like she-ra in the rest of the show is you know she's big she's buff she's like she but she's really still just like maybe half a head taller than normal adora and like a little bit more buff um season five she-ra is just amazonian uh just the proportions on this lady she's like she's massive she's like eight and a half feet tall her arms are absolutely shredded like like good god yeah last last episode we said she's but like a fridge like just cylindrical this this lady could bench press the entirety of this ship and not even care and we see just how powerful this like unfettered she-ra is because she just kind of wraps herself in magic and just absolutely obliterates every single horde fighter. She is like hopping from asteroid to asteroid, just slashing these ships with her sword. There's a very funny bit where we see one of the horde bots like tracking her movements via radar or whatever, and then she just hops onto the hood of his ship. Um, and he looks up, he's like, ah, found her. <laughs> um, and she, she somehow hails him, which I don't know what kind of spell you need to use to do to, for that. I was like, tell Horde Prime this is for me, which is going to be difficult for him to do because she immediately explodes him. Yeah, she like says this as she is stabbing the ship and slicing it in half before she flies off. She's, she's sort of got like a, like a, a lantern situation going on here. She's enveloped in like a in a rainbow mist uh do we have to say it a third time you know it, nor normal it no there's no there's no symbolism here um uh so i uh, <laughs> really love how physical she, how physically she moves to this asteroid field yeah like the weight to her movements she's like like she's she's flying around and and right but she's like bouncing through like every time she lands on an asteroid you can like feel like the the weight of her like smashing into it at like Mach 7 it, it it's really good and the the physicality of how she's taking these dudes out also there's one really specific guy i think it's the second guy who gets killed here she stabs him in the chest through the the glass of the cockpit and he's like bleeding out of his back before she slices upward through his body and bifurcates his head yeah just explodes the whole ship what i really like about these horde bots being vague you know more humanoid is that we get we get a little bit of the old ultra violence you know because they're robots you can do all sorts of stuff to them it's the it's the samurai jack rule yes yeah we get some really cool samurai jack it's amazing like you like yeah you get to do some just extreme stuff to these guys and just like really show off how like next level uh season five shira actually is i mean there's so much stuff that happens here there's the bit where she catches the laser bolts with her sword and throws them back there's the part where that guy tries to sneak a shot at her and just gets obliterated by her, like, super attack. Yeah, he, like, I don't know what he thought he was doing. He, like, gets out of the cockpit and, like, starts shooting at her with, like, his normal little baby gun. And she just, he literally gets dissolved. He is disintegrated. I wonder I wonder if Horde Prime has programmed these robots to feel regret. <laughs> 
but yeah, and then she just hops onto onto Darla and just waves her sword, and all of the ships left in the in the entire asteroid belt just explode. They they're just gone. She just she's like, I cast no more rocks, and the rocks leave the scene, and it's amazing. Uh, and Glimmer is just sort of freaking out. She's like, oh my god, Bo, are you seeing this shit? Yeah, they're they're hype as hell. They're pogging. <laughs> and, like, yeah, this is why the horse turns into a flashbang, by the way. Swift Wind restores that sacred bond and knocks everyone out with a big burst of magic. Yeah. And so everyone's fine. And we get to the uh, the tail end of, of Catra's surgery, uh, where Entrapta is, is very carefully trying to remove this thing. Uh, she says it's been fused with the subject's nervous system, leeching ex- energy in a parasitic exchange. Gross. Yeah, seems really bad. And th- it's got like this kind of quality to it, um, like the wiring in it, that it's very hard to tell um, if what she is cutting are wires and if what she is cutting are nerve endings. Yeah. Maybe it's both. It's really hard to tell. It's when when she finally gets the the main body of the chip off, um the there's like four or five of these little like wires connecting to like the actual back of her neck, which when severed kind of like retreat back under her skin. So they might just be nerve endings. Uh, all right. Well, regardless of that, the chip comes off, um, and and Catra is heavily relieved, and Traff is like, "All right, and sick, I did it." Um, she starts to walk off, and Catra kind of stops. She's like, "Wait, hang on. Uh, just want I just want to say thank you, and like I'm I'm sorry." Uh, luckily, for her first apology, she chose someone who's really easy to who forgives people very easily. Because in Trapta, she's not going to, like, hold the grudge against Catcher for all of that. No, yeah, exactly. Like, this this is this is the perfect the perfect test run of apologizing to people for Catra, frankly. Because, um, you know, Entrapta Tra- doesn't hold grudges. And, I mean, for, for her, for her, she's, like, just happy that, you know, her and Catra are friends again. So she just sort of pats her on the head like catcher's kind of like almost in like she's in tears she hasn't like started crying crying yet but she's like she's really ready to just be completely rejected and entrapta just kind of pats her on the head with her hair and just is like i forgive you it's very sweet um yeah cat entrapta's like just probably happy catcher is safe and that she's she got the chip off yeah and so then we cut to the bridge everyone's just kind of laying <laughs> on the floor exhausted everyone's just like uh i love uh. that entrapta lays down next to them like it, it's it's so nice that <laughs> she's so... just a part of the crew now i love it a lot actually yeah it's it's really it's really good it's really cute like entrapta's like oh everyone's laying on the floor it's a floor party and she just like lays down and smiles like i'm part of the group yeah and it's it's really cute uh and then uh, Glimmer, Glimmer walks in the room with Ron Kordak, and they, they managed to make dinner, and it turns out, not only did they make dinner, but they actually made it really good, because it's bow. Yeah, it looks, it looks very yummy. Um, Glimmer's like, uh, I think she said, uh, Angela used to make this, I believe? Yeah, she was like, her and her mom used to make it together when they were, or when she was like a little kid, and she's like, you know, my mom is not a good cook, so, you know, if I figure if she couldn't mess this up, then it's, it's gotta be easy, right? Which, 
I mean, I don't know. I've tried to make bow before, and that's actually really hard to do. Yeah, it seems so pretty hard. That's, it takes it takes some talent to like do the little fold on top. I wonder if Micah was the guy who cooked a lot in, in Bright Moon. Oh, you know that Micah was like a grill dad. You like you know that man's got like a got like a grill dad apron. Absolutely, he just wants to grill for God's sake. Um, <laughs> but everyone is like really it's like. Stuff is great glimmer. Everyone's just kind of chatting amicably, uh, just having a good time. Even Wrong Hordak is sitting around. He's like, yeah, we did a good job. Uh, and then Catra kind of enters the room. Uh, he's sort of hunched and, and, and kind of sits silently outside of the group and, like, sort of puts her knees up to her chin. Just not really sure if she should deign to kind of join them. Um, but then Bo and Glimmer like scooch to the side and, and, you know, signal that, no, you can join us. Yeah. And it's just, it's a silent scene. There's not like dialogue exchanged in, in this situation. It's just sort of a lot of knowing glances. Like Adora just kind of smiles at Katra. She's like, Katra is putting in an effort. She's, she's trying. And Adora is like really, really, really happy to see that. The face she makes once Catra scoots in and takes a bow. The the, the food, not the... <laughs> the she doesn't take a bow. Um, but, like, the face she makes is just so happy. Yeah, and then, like, when when Bo and Glimmer scoot aside, Catra's, like, ears drop a little bit and her, like, pupils get bigger. It's like... Uh, this scene is so good. This scene is really, really, really excellent. It's like it, it makes me like a little emotional actually i like like i have a little bit on um, tears it's like it's it's just such a nice scene and everyone just starts going back to doing small talk like catcher's enjoying a little meal and wrong hordak makes a joke about slipping some amniotic fluid into the food he's like no that was a joke haha <laughs> just kidding unless haha <laughs> just kidding unless um yeah it's just it's really nice because this is like catra coming out on the other side right like this is this is sort of the first step like she could have just run away again and like exiled herself out of guilt and 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 all of this stuff but she decided to join them for dinner and that's a very big step it's it is it's like for her this is a genuinely massive step um she still really believes that everyone hates her and the idea that they like made room for her and offered her a place at the table here metaphorically they're on the floor there's no tables on this ship but um but the fact that they made room for her is like it's this is this is a big deal for her she's she's she made an attempt and she was actually like rewarded for it like people people accepted it and She's not really used to that. And so that's uh, where we, well, it's not where we end. We get the stinger with Spinnerella first, but that's where we end the A-plot. Um, this is great episode. Good episode. Really good episode of television, everybody. It's a great follow-up to Save the Cat. It is at the same time, like, we, we get to kind of come down a little bit from how intense that episode was. But, you know, we also like continue the conflict and and explore new things and like set up stakes for back home it's just really well paced lots of really good character moments and animation it's just good it's just incredible frankly it's like 
it's one of my favorite episodes i think like i think save the cat ranks higher for me but just barely because there's there's just something about the way that that catra's sort of integration into the group is handled here that is just really really good to me it's really nice um they they do a really really good job of like they they don't have a lot of time to to do this arc for catra right like we we have what five six episodes left we have like seven um seven episodes left well the heart i kind of consider one episode is the thing okay that's true yeah so something like that but like i think you know once again our boys bringing up our boy zuko right like there's some similarities between when he joins in book three and this but the difference is in that he was the one who had to earn their trust, right? Like, he had to sort of prove himself uh, that he was really willing to do that. Yeah, he kind of just showed up in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> hey, Zuko here. Yeah, they were all like, they were like, that's, I love that moment. God, um, it's really good. But here, they aren't, like, mistrustful of Katra. Katra is mistrustful of them and of herself. They're the ones who are ready to, like, if you want to move forward with this, we are ready to, like, if you can prove to us that you are willing to start making a change and start being better, we are more than ready to accept you. Yeah, because, like, you know, she she starts out on the foot of, you know, you literally attempted to sacrifice your life for us, and regardless of anything else... We, we, we trust you. If you're willing to go to that length, like, you know, we, we trust that you're, like, a changed person, at least a little bit. Um, so, so she's got that going for her here, um, which, uh, which, which helps a lot. But yeah, they don't, they don't have an especially large amount of time to actually, like, get through sort of folding Katra in to, uh, to the group dynamic here. Um, but they, they do a really good job, I think, at, like, breaking down the the global dynamic here and into its, like, most, like, basal constituent pieces and, like, just addressing all of those kind of one at a time. Um, and, and this episode, of course, it's like, you know, she she feels like she has to self-isolate and she has to punish herself and she has to, like... And then everyone hates her, right? And and we, we work through those things here. And we're going to work through the other constituent components of, of Catra's deal in the next few episodes. Um, but it's it's handled so well. I, I really, really, really love it a lot. Like, we've we've said before, you know, Zuko walked so Catra could run. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a pretty apt way to put it. Yeah, like, I mean, there will be other episodes. Uh, episode 8 of the season is all about for her fitting into the group dynamic. Yes. One of my favorite episodes, by the way. Love that one. It's really good. That's a great one. And, you know, if, you know, the the the, uh, the previous episode and this episode kind of form the, like, hurt-comfort duo, right? Like, the old, the old trope there. It's like, you, you save the cat as the hurt. This episode is the comfort. Speaking of which, there will be... The bonus episode accompanying this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the day of or the day after, um, about. Uh, so, if somehow you are listening to this podcast and you are unaware, which 
it seems unlikely. Um, Noel Stevenson published a piece of what amounts to canon fan fiction on AO3 under the the uh, pseudonym Anna Charlier. Um, of course, they did not like announce this. Uh, this was sort of sussed out because Noel drew fan art of a moment from that fic, and then people noticed you know kind of some similarities between some of his other writing and that and then basically they just they just admitted it um it's like yeah i'm the one who wrote the fic and that fic is kind of something it is it is specifically a deleted scene a few a collection of deleted scenes for this episode and like presumably they were deleted because they were like too intense like this this would have this would require like a bump up in the rating for some things i think oh yeah that the the actual the fic is the, the deleted scenes here are very very heavy they're also quite long yes um i think that like if they were included in the episode it would have really like it would have thrown the um the actual pacing off like pretty significantly um, but to be, to be clear, these are deleted scenes that take place, um, sort of outside the, the temporal constraints of the episode. It's like a different scene. So like there, the time gap exists for this entire sort of, uh, writing piece here to be completely canon. And as far as I'm concerned, it is. It's written by Noel Stevenson. It is like deleted material from the script. These are concepts and conversations that were sort of meant to be here. But I mean, obviously they would have had to like severely chop down the B plot for these to fit in. They might have had to get rid of the B plot entirely, frankly. Which I really don't want because I love the B plot in this episode. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, basically it's it's sort of apocryphal canon. Or not even, I think it's just canon, canon. Um, so we will be discussing that and a few other tidbits from Save the Cat, uh, such as, you know, animatics. I will probably try and track down that uh, that script. So all of, all of that stuff will be coming soon to the Patreon. Uh, but before we talk about, you know, the Patreon further, we have a few questions. I don't know why I said it like that. So we got some on Twitter, actually. So first one here uh, from at Casey Cosmos. Uh, what dumb stunt does Hordak do to try and fail to impress the youth's TM of the Horde? I'm imagining full, how do you do fellow kids outfit, but I wanted your opinion. Now, Hordak doesn't seem like the type to do this no i mean it's it's very funny to think it's hilarious to imagine i i you i really can i really can see him in the in the uh (laughs) band name t-shirt with the with the slung skateboard over the shoulder like i i could totally see it but i don't know i don't think i don't think hordak's the kind of guy who really cared like i think like okay so i think he would he would definitely do like a skateboard stunt and completely beef it, right? Like, I mean, for sure. He would try to do some sick hoverboard tricks or something. He would like drift, uh, uh, uh like a like one of those uh, bikes that they have, or the uh, the the skiffs. Yeah, he would like try to drift a skiff and like capsize it and just fall on his face. <laughs> um like the 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 hypothetical horde recruiting video where it's hordak trying to be cool um it's like that awful like the star wars detours thing that was rightfully like 
excised from this world and it only existed as like this obscure thing where um do you know about this actually i have no idea what you're talking about no okay so you know star wars robot chicken right that was a big thing for a while yeah i vaguely remember that so like those were a big hit so lucasfilm went to like the writers i think and we're like, hey, can you make like a like an irreverent Star Wars sketch comedy animated show? Oh, that seems like it would go very poorly. Let me show you. I want to show you the art style of this. Uh, it's sort of disingenuous to even call it like a series, like a show. It's the it's 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 disingenuous to call it art, really. Um here's here's what it looks here's what it looks like okay let's take oh oh my god they're like funko pops let's see han solo he looks really messed up oh my god you you say you say han solo looks messed up look at this lando (laughs) lando has like he looks like the meme man like the extremely chiseled meme man what what is Um, up with these pancakes it looks really bad like it's aggressively like late 2000s darth vader's looking like darth helmet over here yeah but there's a skit where it's like darth vader doing like a like a cool recruitment video yo the empire is pretty chill dog um and i just imagine that but like hordak flies into a rage at the end of it just this camera goes static god but yes that is that is the oh oh man i just saw chewy hang on oh no (laughs) No! (laughs) why is he megamind if you point if you if you showed this to me and said identify this character i would not say chewbacca he's like a minion's megamind what's happening his face is so small what is happening i don't understand he looks like he was animated by the people who did the angry birds everyone movie. nah the angry birds movie looked better than this like good good oh, god i hate to look at him yeah everyone everyone just googled star wars detours to have a great time <sighs> so another <laughs> question on twitter <clears throat> Just forget, just forget you saw Han. Just forget you saw Long Han Solo. It's okay; he can't hurt you. Uh, despite, well, I say that, but they are bringing that to Disney Plus anyway. Oh, something for the something for Disney minus, I guess. They're reviving it. I don't know why they're reviving it. Everyone rightfully understood. Oh, this is a shameful piece of Star Wars history and should be buried. Listen, they're gonna bring. Listen, next they're gonna bring back the freaking holiday special. Holiday special part two. Hang on, I need to check something quick oh no are you gonna check if it's on disney plus i think it is oh my god no okay yeah i was gonna say george george lucas would die part of it is part of it is on disney plus the animated segment that introduces boba fett the canonically or chronologically the first piece of media that features boba fett is this weird animated cartoon segment in that holiday special that is coming to Disney Plus. Nothing else. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, like, I think George Lucas is gonna need to be dead and buried before Disney's gonna be allowed to uh, to put the totality of that special on Disney Plus. Yeah, he will. He will like 
murder Bob Iger himself before he lets that happen. <laughs> uh, so our other question on Twitter here is from um, at Tara Brainrots. Uh, Tara, parentheses, love is Milog's dapper bow tie. You know what? I do too. Um, so, you know, they ask less a question and more a moment, I've noticed. We've all seen Catra blush at the new transformation. Yes, we have. But her jaw drops even further a moment after it's over. This, is ju- this isn't just a gay panic. This is the moment she realizes what Adora's new headpiece represents. Thoughts? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, you know, I... That'd be very funny. See, see, here's... Because here's, here's the thing, right? Like, that that could be true. But also, at the same time, I'm just thinking, like... I don't know that Catra has the mental acuity in that moment to to make that connection. I think she's just looking at her arms, frankly. And yeah, like I think what the, what it actually is is that the rainbow lights were so bright that she couldn't really get a good look at her, and then she did, and she was like, "Oh my god!" She's just like, "Oh my god!" Just like you were. <laughs> like like <laughs> like you all of her, all other thoughts were temporarily like obliterated from from her mind i mean literally like like oh my god the arms they're they're very well defined someone had a good time drawing those arms i mean hey it's like it's like it's like you were talking about before when we saw this this story this uh the storyboards of um oh of, right of Scorpia. The, the zipping up that yeah those were like <laughs> Man, those are those are something else, and we'll get another moment like that next episode. Yeah, you? we do. Hey, oh. fans of Scorpius back out there. I know there's a lot of you. Um, look forward to next week. Yeah, fan, fans of fans of Scorpius, uh, muscles and size and 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 largeness. Um, there's there's good there's good content coming up. Sure is. Um, let's see. So we got. Why don't you browse the curious cat? Uh, we got one. We're saving one, of course. We still have the one about failsafe. We're not touching it yet. Listen, we we have it. Don't worry. If you send in this question about the failsafe, we have it. We we do we do have it. So so that's that's coming. But it's it's a couple episodes away. It's you know we're 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 marching there steadily, surely. Uh, but but it is gonna take a second. Um. So first one I'm gonna cover is uh this one by anonymous which is i uh, don't know if you guys were aware of the connection um that quote some creatures are destined only for destruction has with the bible but i thought it was an interesting tidbit and uh and they link to a tumblr post i've got this post open this is from this is from hordeprincess.tumblr.com this is i remember seeing a lot of meta posts about uh this show around that time that uh you know season five came out and so we got i've got the i've got the passage right here in the post so let me read it has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use what if god desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, Romans nine twenty two through twenty three. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, this is like I, I do remember this. Um, I do remember this. This was like a thing that um got talked about like when I was in Catholic school. It's like a, it's like a pretty common thing that that gets like brought up in like uh like theologic debates and stuff, because 
Because, yeah, this is sort of like this um, argument whether or not, like, God has a uh, predestination for you or, like, if it means that free will doesn't really exist. And that's, like, a whole thing. (laughs) This is, like, a whole thing. We don't have time. We don't have time for this. But it is, you know, first of all, this is, like, pretty much directly quoted in The Fire Never Goes Out. Uh, specifically Noel refers to themselves as a vessel destined only for destruction. Um, second of all, this being attributed by Horde Prime to Catra seems to be a direct rebuke of that reading, right? Like this is a sort of like, no, your, your choices are not made for you by any higher power. Like, you were not destined for any one path. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, like in the post talks about how apparently uh, Noel Stevenson uh, said that this line was directly referencing Romans 9. And um, the fact that, you know, generally speaking, it is sort of believed that, like, you know, if you're gay, God chose you to be, you know, uh, a vessel, uh, a vessel prepared for destruction, right? Um, And, like, we've talked about with, with sort of Noel's, uh, what what he talks about in The Fire Never Goes Out, um, with, with his own experiences with this stuff, and, and the way that, that he's sort of felt with it, like, this it's it's very it's very poignantly like uh, a a rebuttal just like a a defiant like no that's not true like you're wrong and that's i you know sort of i am what i choose to be situation yep i mean it's a pretty raw line to put in your kids cartoon that's for sure (sighs) yeah listen it's it's so good like it's a power move it really is it's it's pretty it's pretty good like the season five does not pull punches which uh which of course i i love the fact that it doesn't pull punches yes i will i will always champion that we got one more question here but it's going to be on the on on a spoiler zone barrier because we're going to be getting into a bit more specifics about some season five episodes not too many we're not don't worry, we're not entirely breaking that vault open yet. We can't. Yeah, no, we're just gonna we're just gonna take a little, just a little peek, just a just little a light, peek. So a was... light brushing over it. So, yeah. uh, but you know, like I said earlier, we have a Patreon. You know, Patreon.com/slash Pod of Power. All sorts of fun stuff over there. So, uh, one dollar level. You know, you get access to all of our old side series so we have a few of them we've got the owl cast uh which is watching the owl house which will be returning soon um they have announced yes june 15th it's coming back they've announced the owl house is coming back which is i'm very happy about i was so afraid that disney would try to screw them over um but yeah i was so scared about that and it looks like they screwed them over a little bit they ordered less than the usual amount of or uh, of episodes, but I was just afraid they were just going to axe them completely. Um, this is, by the way, the same thing that happened at Gravity Falls. So you know. yeah, well, ho- hopefully, hopefully they're able to to sort of finish out their run like Gravity Falls was able to. I think I don't know what it is. Disney has a grudge against anything Alex Hirsch touches. I don't know what damage they have with that guy. It's because he like publicly complains about them and doesn't suck up to them like 
I think it's I think it's literally just that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. People like the th- the thing is people who are in charge in in animation stuff are some of the pettiest motherfuckers in the entire world. Like if you say a bad word about them, like you're like you can get blacklisted like that like like it takes nothing to get blacklisted or like at least you know sort of put put in the box right like it's really easy to get put in your little box where they're like okay well we're never gonna let you advance your career you're gonna be stuck over here for the rest of your life so have fun and they're, they're so petty it's it's like it's just a bunch of baby men who run everything. None of them are pettier than Jeffrey Katzenberg, but luckily he's not in animation anymore. He's just making like completely failed, horrible streaming platforms. Um, <laughs> he's just he's just sort of burning money in a in a giant silo. But you know that's for another podcast. We've all so one dollar patrons, our herd cadets, will be able to uh, access. The all of the old side series, so you can get access to the first season of the Owl Cast and the first season of the Kipo Cast, where we watch Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beasts, another very fine, very fun uh, DreamWorks show, and just started the Infinicast, where we are making our way through Infinity Train Book One. Boy, that show really comes at you. Yeah, it comes right out the gate, just explosively. It's it's kind of insane. That show's really good. Like, I, I was expecting... I was expecting it to be, like, good, right? Like, because I've heard great things about it. I remember really enjoying the pilot episode years ago when that was that was put out. Um, you know, the one with, like, the Corgi King and everything. But, man, they just, they just go for it. And it's really good. If you haven't... Listen, if you haven't watched The Infinity Train, just go watch The Infinity Train. The episode's, are like, 11 minutes long. Just just go do it. It's It's really good. You can watch all of it in a day. I know, I saw people who watched all of it in a day. It's very doable. Is that good? Who knows? But you can do it. You can do it. Um, but of course, that you have to be at the three dollar level for that. But also at the one dollar level, if you link your Discord account to Patreon, you can get access to our exclusive Patreon Discord. Yes, you can. Uh, both tiers get access to this. Um, you do have to do. You do have to like actually link. Uh, your Discord account to your Patreon account is the thing. It's like, it's kind of a hassle. The API that d- Patreon uses is not very good. So we're sorry about that, but it's sort of the only way to kind of link stuff up. But uh, if you do, it just immediately automatically gives you your roles and, and puts you in the server and everything. Um, it's, uh, yeah, we would we would love to, to sort of, let everybody kind of come on in and, and talk about stuff. It'd be cool. Let's get it popping. Let's get it hopping. Let's yeah, get it we got poppin'. we got we got funny funny emotes. We got we got uh, glimmer glimmer pog. Uh, we have the very cursed swift wind face. It's great. Ugh. All right. Well, yes, but the, so that's the one dollar level. At the three dollar force captain level, you get all of the below stuff as well as current uh you know side series so you can keep up to date with all of our all of our stuff the kipo cast the infinite cast and the soon to be returning owl cast and you can also gain access to she riffs a syncable commentary track where we crack jokes over the old insane episodes of 80 shira yes uh we have uh some some classics some classics up there classics classics um 
we're gonna we're gonna do another one of those shortly uh we also got uh we also got the watchtower which uh is sort of a fan content roundup where we uh we look at a bunch of fan stuff and, and just sort of geek out over it for a little bit um that's that's uh that's coming up shortly here it's it's been sony vegas hates us um is it vegas or is it a pre- no it's adobe premiere. premiere is the worst software anyone's ever made i like i literally so i i i bought a creative cloud license for premiere because i because cs6 wouldn't work and i started using it and it worked okay for uh for the first watchtower we did but now i keep getting media errors like like media not found errors and i keep having to correct it and it is it's a nightmare oh and fun fact by the way not to not to go on a rant here but like if you if you wanted to if you if you buy a subscription to adobe creative clouds um it auto renews your yearly subscription every single month and there is an early cancellation fee of like all of the money that you would spend the other months of the year what so if you cancel at any time you are paying 11 months worth of a cancellation fee every time this podcast isn't and never will be sponsored by adobe Fuck adobe i hate these people all right well that that's why the the glimidora and glitchera watchtowers they're held they're being held in adobe's prison they they're being held in adobe's prison they're they're really close to being done i just need to get the clips to actually exist in the program and then and then that those will be going up so hopefully fingers crossed by the time you're you're hearing this I should be at least, I, I should at least get some word back from the support ticket I filed like a week ago. So uh, if we if we can get if we can get that up, that would that would be great. And of course, we also have miscellaneous minisodes about Shira miscellany. Uh, we have one on the graphic novel Legend of the Flame Princess. We have one about Noelle Stevenson's memoir, The Fire Never Goes Out. We have one where we took a funny quiz. We will, of course, have that one about the fanfic going up shortly. Yes, we will. And by the way, it's also not just the fanfic. It's also the, the animatic and a couple other little incidental pieces of like uh, of, of supplementary canon, which is uh, very juicy. And, uh, you know, and we also coming up have that For the Honor actual play podcast uh, that we will be doing uh, towards the end uh, of after this uh, season has wrapped up. So look forward to that. Of course, $3 patrons also get their names shouted out in the episode, which I always remember to have open at, the, at every recording. Yes, it's it's s- seamless, seamless here at, uh, at Podcast of Power. So special shout outs, of course, to brand new patrons. Uh jen and katie thank you very much uh joined this uh this between recordings here yes thank you and thank you to all of our other force captains chris sam f remy dylan brinsley hammond rower salty salty prongle blue holly ibo regard kaylee Luisa, garrett johnson ross ivy emma lynn ashley butcher anelia cody haley moreland yusuf gurch Ashley, Kyrie Williams, Mabel, Mabel, Ryan Coon, Jennifer Jones, Jess Pumphrey, Leon Lay, Sean Montgomery, Jack Onoro, Olivia, Brittany Ray, Michael Steinert, Tara Stark, TCO, Brennan Fitzgerald, Tobu, Emma Grossman, and Robert Harris. 
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're 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 starting to starting to need to take multiple breaths for the for the for the reads here. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. It's we're again like it's it's kind of nuts how 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 much things have grown here and uh and like we we couldn't we couldn't be more appreciative frankly. It's like it's it's been it's been a wild ride getting to getting to this point I think and um and uh, and of course to to everyone and and our patrons as well. Um we've we've got we've got more coming in the future we do yes we've got we've got more coming we will share some of those details at a later date we're still working on it we're still hammering it out but uh you know it'll it'll be somewhat different than what we're doing here in terms of its scale and subject matter but we will try to capture the same mix of analytical like deep dive criticism and also just sort of uh cracking jokes about stuff yes i think i i think that uh that people will really will really enjoy the uh the sort of next big project that's that's coming down the pipeline after we finish up with uh with season five here um it's there 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 are various hints over the course of this podcast as to what it could possibly be so uh so so keep you find all the clues you (laughs) will be able to unlock our next project early (laughs) so be on the lookout all right uh of course you can also find us on twitter at podcast of power where you have our curious cat linked and all of that sort of stuff gmail.com slash pod of power for any inquiries or longer emails we'll have a big email wrap-up at the end of this season and you can find if you want more of me you can find me over on disney minus being a sort of um leftist grouch about the evil disney corporation uh sometimes they have some good stuff this week's episode is also is about one of those good things uh hunchback of notre dame what a weird movie what a weird movie it's like that movie's got problems but it's also got some some decent stuff in it so it is a beautiful looking film it is a it is a film it is endlessly fascinating in the way that it is caught between so many like things it wants to do it wants to be so many things and it tries to be all of them and it can't quite be any of them killer songs though killer songs honestly the 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 soundtrack for hunchback is probably the best from that era of disney frankly like i i can't think of anything that competes um in that like time frame but uh that'll that'll be out around the time that this episode goes up i think so we have a little bit of a spoiler zone to go into here, so if you are not joining us for that, uh, we, will, we will catch you next week, but if you are, we'll see you on the other side. is going a bit long so let's get right into it yes uh so the 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 last sort of little curious cat question that we have here that is from anonymous again and it says um when was the time 
that uh, that you all knew the Catchador was going to be really canon the first time you watch season five. And this is a good question. This is a great question. All right. So there is like a few different sliding scales of answers for this, right? Because at the beginning, you're still not really sure. Season four didn't exactly leave people super confident that Catchador was going to happen. Then Save the Cat happens. Then Save the Cat happens, which, of course, we know was was the, like, actual test run. Or, like, I guess not the test run, but, like, the, the, the proof in the pudding for for production. It is the, like, flag. It's the, it's the flag planted in the battlefield. It's Neil Stevenson going, okay, try me. You want me to take this out? You want me to take all this out? You, you can try. How well is, how, how well is the story going to work? Um, that is definitely the part where I was like, okay, I think we're, I think we're heading in this direction because you have, I mean, so much in that episode, the, the sort of real intimacy of the fight scene, got that cheek touch, got that cheek touch, the entire conversation between them, the fact that Adora literally becomes Shira because of her love for Catra. I mean, come on now. The 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 Utena posing. Yes. The Utena posing. And like that is the one where I was like, okay, I am after I watched Save the Cat, I was like, I am ninety-five percent sure that this is where they're going. Then I watched Taking Control and I'm like, okay, I am ninety-nine percent sure that this is going to happen. Yeah, no, I was completely convinced by uh by this one. Cause like because you get you get two very specific things back to back in this episode. You get Adora and Katra having a very intimate moment where they are sort of sharing the same space on a bed, and Katra is just sort of in her underwear, and they are just having a very like intimate moment together and i was like okay and then please stay and i'm like okay yeah yeah blushing at the transformation yeah that's and it's like every single i mean the purring at the end of save the cat is also a big one like oh okay i see this is what we're doing i think i think i literally after i watched save the cat i was like oh i, I was like out loud I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. All right. Oh yeah, yeah, extremely like. But I, but all right. So, but even after that, I was like, I don't know. DreamWorks could somehow just like really go in and snipe this, like really kneecap it, and and be you know, the the corporate bastards that they are. Right. But I was like, well, we're living in a post Steven Universe world, and like whatever I think about that show. It definitely sets a lot of precedent for shows like this. It does. There are not many shows before Steven Universe that could put like a like a lesbian wedding on screen. And Steven Universe did do that. They did. They they did. That's that's sort of the thing, right? Is like as much as much as we complain about it, as much as I have like a lot of like personal disdain for a lot of the things that show does, um the ruby and sapphire are genuinely incredible they're like my favorite characters in the show and still are and i think they're like the way their relationship is handled the fact that they like on screen have a wedding like they they 
it's 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 pretty amazing frankly like this means that anytime an executive tries to give you notes about this like oh well i don't know we can really do this a show owner can just point over there and say hey look at how successful that show is yeah exactly like it, it really gave a lot of people the ability it gave them the the ability to to point to concrete proof and and that's very important with stuff like this because uh a lot of the times people in production executives are cowardly creatures they are it's people in production positions are very 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 risk averse and specifically risk averse in ways that they feel like they can't market properly um they they want hard numbers for like precedent for things and again up and up until that i can't really think of anything that existed on like syndicated national television that comes even close like even frankly the um the uh, stronger than you scene in and of itself was pretty groundbreaking when when that came out like even not not even considering the wedding bits yeah like that that came several years after that so like that steven Universe was already doing that sort of stuff and that was like what 2014 2015 yeah it was like it was like 2014 i believe and so this is the kind of precedent that people can point to and like push back against that stuff it's like no we're not doing this and that has allowed a lot of stuff like Shira, like kipo like the owl house to like really start to show these sorts of things on screen and in in this uh like ya tv space and this is all to say that i was like okay well obviously they're not uh, dreamworks could get cold feet then this episode spinnerella and natasa kiss i'm like oh okay yeah yeah that is something that most executives might balk at if they were not willing to do that but the fact that that happens and that like because because they they were because noel stevenson has has talked about like well we weren't sure how explicit we could be about their their relationship so we had to be explicit as we could be without literally saying that they were married that is dropped in season five yeah they're calling each other wife all the time that's that's the thing right is like they they tried very hard to do as much as they could given the constraints but season five is season five and when you're in the final season of a show the thing is they've already bought all of the episodes there's a massive cost associated with canceling a show you've already purchased the episodes for it's it's basically never done except in the most egregious of circumstances because it's a massive like colossal waste of time and money and it basically guarantees really bad press for a long time oh yeah so you get people in their final seasons of a show who really let loose and and this is again one of those situations where like like noel he still had to fight to get the the two principal characters to be like on screen gay but like uh like spinnerella and natasa i imagine that was just like kind of a kind of a what are you gonna do about it situation yeah and bo's dads too like there there are things that clearly this show is pushing for that that the uh, the network was probably very antsy about 
So that is where I was like, okay, this is probably definitely super happening. Now let me tell you about a line that knocked me flat on my ass when I heard it. Mm -hmm. We're skipping way forward. We're talking about the like the opening of Heart Part One, briefly. Br very briefly. Very briefly. So there's the scene where Catcher's running through the forest and like Milag stops her right after she is she is um abandoned Adora at the end of Failsafe, and of course Milag, you can't hide anything from Milag. And then the line she says, where it's like, where Milag is like yelling at her, is like, well, Adora doesn't want me, not like I want her. Uh, I remember literally I said out loud, holy shit. Yeah, no, I remember that one. I remember just being floored by that line. Like, I, I like, I had to like get up. I had to like pause and get up and just like, uh. That line has a lot to it. That line is like remarkable. In in its in its and it's like literally one line. It is it is one sentence, and yet it hit me like a bag of bricks. It hits you like a freaking freight train. That line is like the the multitudes, the depth. It's like just the intimacy of it. The 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 how personal it is. Just they let Noel put yearning on screen and very explicitly. They did. They they let him put yearning on screen and God bless. Like that is the one where I knew exactly how this was going to end. Like there was no way that they were not going to like like officially become an item by uh you know they, that was going to happen. That line was like, all right, we're on this road. There's no turning back. The brakes are off this train. We're just going. The brakes are, you know, we're, we're going off the rails on this on this crazy train. doesn't want me not like I want her. I cannot. It is. Wow. It's. I, I'm just, I feel, I'm feeling like that, the Grunkle Sand gif. Yeah. Like, wow, this is beautiful. This, this is beautiful. So, yeah, that is that is the moment where I knew for sure 110% that this was happening. I was I was fairly convinced before that. Yeah, like like every everything like like save the save the cat like intimate scenes, the intimate scenes in in Take Control, uh, you know, the scenes in um episode 8, what is episode 8 called again? Uh that is would be Shot in the Dark. Yeah, Shot in the Dark. Um like the the bitten shot in the dark where 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 Catra's like I you know I'm trying to you know control my my anger issues and Adora's just like oh you are yeah like, it's sweet there's also a bit where Catra kicks down a wall and you, it cuts to Adora who's like blushing yeah it's again they really go all out in in season five here and it's just it's just moment after moment of just like reinforcing just how it's it's like an avalanche right like it's it starts off at the top of the mountain and you can see it coming towards you and it, it takes a second to get there but it really picks up speed that that is the the moments where we knew that this thing was gonna happen so that Boy, this this one this one went longer than I thought it would. I I mean, listen, this episode's really good. It's I I wasn't expecting it to be like a two hour recording, but like, it's it's a it's such a good episode. It's genuinely like it's one of my favorites, like top three for absolute sure. So next week we will be back with the perils of Pikulu, another fantastic episode oh yes uh i hope everyone's ready for uh for i'm a spy because 
God, it's so good. It's just so excellent. Uh, but until then, I have been one of your hosts, Nero. And I've been the other host, Jane. And we'll see you on the other side of Podcastbondos.